Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome back to the All In Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2. Today we have a special gift for you. We want to help you go from being a solopreneur in your business to actually building and scaling an operation, kind of like what Alex has done with his operation and what Sal and I have been able to do over these past uh, several years with our operation. So stick around if you are a solopreneur in real estate, whether you're a fix and flipper, a wholesaler, and you've been thinking about hiring some help and you've been thinking about building a team, this is the episode for you. So stick around. Guys, and welcome to another episode. My name is Alex Signs. for those that don't know. And just like Carlos said, we're going to dive into going from solo to a team, right? And uh, what we found a lot of success in is, is the ability to duplicate yourself in the business and not be doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. Um, so we want to give you guys, you know, a process. We're going to give you guys uh, the pros and cons of of each side. Because uh, I, I do know, I mean, we do know individuals that have successful real estate companies as solopreneurs. Um, and there's a lot of pros and cons there that we want to discuss. And then the most successful real estate investors that we know, they have teams, they have operations. So uh, we just want to uh, bring it to light and you guys are in for another good episode. You know, I would say that at least 90% of seven figure real estate entrepreneurs that I know in the single family residential space do have teams. Absolutely. Right. And, and that's no coincidence. If nine out of 10 seven figure producers have teams, that should tell you something, right? Success leaves clues. That should tell you something. Well, huh? Uh, okay, 90% of the time when people actually build and scale teams the right way, they start to hit that seven-figure mark. And, and that should encourage anybody out there that has been a solopreneur for a year, two years, three years, five years, right. um, to want to actually build a team. And I've said this time and time again, if you've been in this game three years, five years, and you're still working in your business, you have not for whatever reason, whatever personal self-limiting belief or, or limitation, you haven't built the courage to actually start building a team and taking a little bit of risk on people, then, you know, it, it's not sustainable. You're doing it wrong. Can you imagine, right? Yep. Can you imagine if you were still a solopreneur in this business? I definitely wouldn't be living the life that, uh, that I'm living, for sure. I mean, just... I, I mean, and I felt this early on, like my first year, like just the overwhelm of having to, I remember. to, to cold call. And then you're, you're locking up sellers, you're going to appointments, you're opening up escrow, you're contacting the title company to clear, you know, whatever deal you have and you're selling the deal and you're doing all of this and you're doing the marketing and man, that stuff can get really overwhelming. Right. And I feel like a lot of people get uh, blocked, you know, they, they do it for, for a short burst but then they get to a point where it diminishes the quality of life in other areas because they're just too busy and too, uh, well, they, they burn just, out too. Yeah. They, they just, they're just too busy doing it. So they never scale. So they burn out and then they get out the game. They quit the, the, the game. The way I see it, right. Is if you're, if your business stops, right. Because you're not, you know, there, there's a problem that that's not sustainable and it's not a good long-term plan. You know, can you imagine, I mean, if Jeff Bezos goes away for, um, I don't know, a two-month, three-month sabbatical somewhere, right? Shuts his phone off, yep. no computer. Will Amazon stop delivering packages? No, not at all. Absolutely not. It would. I mean, it would continue to either grow or stay the same. I mean, 
because that's the power of having a system that works without you there. And that, that that's the goal. The, the, I mean, if you look at some of these, you know, massive uh, entrepreneur machines, uh, these companies like, you know, Quicken Loans and Chase yep. and right and, and Amazon and, and uh, Tesla. I mean, I don't think their plan was ever to go to be a solopreneur for, for you know, their entire existence. No, not at all. No, their 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 plan was to build it and, and build it with the right people and build it with the right culture and build it yep. with the right strategies and systems and processes because ultimately they were going to be able to gain true financial freedom if they accomplished that, correct? Absolutely. So let, let, let's talk about the pros and cons of being solo, right? Because I think there's two worlds to it. Okay. Well, let's talk about some of the some of the some of the pros, right? Some some of the some of the pros that people may think, right? And th yeah. th these are just thoughts uh, of people, uh, hypothetically speaking. They they feel like, man, if I don't have a team, I don't have more responsibility. Yep. If I don't have a team, I save more money. Yeah, that's right? a that's a big one. If I don't have a team, I'm more in control. Yep. You know, so these are some of the things that. You know, every single day, uh, solopreneurs, these these are the thoughts that they have every single day. And now that we are on the other side of that line, on the other side of that fence, we know for a fact that all of those are incorrect. Yeah, we're. I mean, we're starting businesses with the intention of scaling immediately. <laughs> and by scaling, I mean delegating out to, to team members. Uh, but that's a big one. Like, if I don't have a team, I save more money, right? And, you know, I, I do want to say, like, it's all relative because the person that's a nine to five that, that was at a nine to five, you know, let's say a year ago, and now they're having, and now they have their own solo real estate company or just any company. Like that's a huge win, right? Going from nine to five to being a solopreneur. That, that is a huge win, right? That's Absolutely. a huge step forward. I think everybody has to go through that process in order to then get, get to a company level. So that's a huge win. So there's, there's a lot of gratitude to be had, uh, to be had there. Um, but again, I think what we're trying to emphasize is if you stay as a solopreneur, like you will, you will feel the pressure, you will feel the stress, you will feel, uh, I mean, the anxiety and the responsive and, and the burnout, uh, because you're not delegating, um, you're not delegating any part of the business. And you're, if you're doing it all yourself, you're just in this hamster wheel. And then you gotta, you gotta think to yourself like, man, why did I even get to this business? And I, and, and initially we all have our whys, you know, like, man, for me, like, I just wanted time freedom, right? Because mm -hmm. I remember, like, my last nine to five that I had at 18, I was at a call center, and they didn't give me my birthday off. And that just triggered the heck out of me because I'm like, man, I have to work on my birthday? Like, really? And after, I quit that day. You had like, no control. I quit that day. No. You had no control. So for me, it was the time freedom, right? So as a solopreneur, I had the time freedom, right? Um, but what you come, what, what you end up finding out is, um, because we're ambitious creatures, uh, you want to keep growing and growing. And in order to grow, you have to delegate. And so I, I, I grew to a, um, you know, to a, you know, to, you know, 120 K in deals my first year part-time. And then the next year, I mean, I just skipped the whole solopreneur phase because I just wanted to build a team. So I went from one year solopreneur to the second year, um, having a team, but it, it was, it was because I just didn't want to feel that burnout. Yeah. Right? And, and I, and I talked to so many real estate guys and I'm, they're just like, you know, been doing this for five years. And what, what you see periodically with them is like huge up and downs. Right. So it's like, they'll, if they're a solopreneur, they'll hit it hard and they'll get, you know, they'll do really good for a few months, make a lot of money and then they get comfortable or they get, Oh, they crash. Out. 
or they crash and then now they're in this slump right and i and i what i what we've identified as a company if you have everything consistent clicking then there's no there's none of the roller coaster ride that tends to happen with being solo i love it um and you know back to what you pointed out going from a nine to five job because i i transitioned from a nine to five job to having you know trying to build my own business right um for us or for people like myself that is a huge victory when you go from working for somebody else under their terms right their schedule uh their income uh limitations yep. it, it is a huge victory when you say oh man i'm i'm starting to now i'm creating my own money right. out of thin air right my skill set is creating my own money every single day um that's a huge victory it's beautiful it's beautiful i think what we're trying to save people is pain <laughs> ultimately yeah. like we're trying to hey, say hey like you're here but when you get to here you might experience these you know these painful well, moments of growth we're already a mile down yeah. the road and from where those people are trying to are. give everybody watching this a warning like hey if you continue solo chances are you're going to get burnt out right absolutely or, or you're not going to hit the revenue goals that you that you truly want it, it, it took sal and i uh three years to even involve somebody to to make our first hire it took us three years and you know granted it's a little you know the, the the load isn't as heavy when there's partners involved in our case right you had the entire load on you sal and i distributed the load evenly so that helped a little bit and that but i will say this i wish we would have made our first hire about two years sooner wow two years sooner and why like what'd you see in those two years two okay years? i'll tell you the first thing that i saw when we hired our first successful um acquisition manager when we hired our first successful acquisition manager, we started to immediately see uh, more income. We started to immediately see more revenue, like double the revenue that we were doing. Wow. I was the guy closing deals. I remember, you know, like at one point, like I was pretty burnt out. Um, I was, as the guy that was closing all the deals, yes, I hit, um, uh, I remember it was July, 2016. I hit my first, like we hit our first six figures of me closing and locking up every single deal. Right. But man, oh man, I was getting burnt. I was getting tired, you know? And then once we hired that next acquisition manager, like the load, I was like, oh man, this is so much easier. I don't have to take as many calls. I don't have to right. talk to as many sellers. I don't have to solve as many problems, right? I don't have all that responsibility of bringing the entire meat to the table. Right. I got another guy that's helping me, right? And I know that people may think, you know, like they're like, oh man, if we make a hire, that's an expense. Absolutely not. I look at people just like I look at marketing. It's an investment. Yep. You're making an investment. Yeah, the right hire will bring you in a million dollars a year. So pros and cons, back to, you know, back to that uh, talking point, is I believe that the pros of actually uh, building a team versus running solo, by far, like 101, 1,001 outweigh um, the cons. Uh, you know, because if you take a look at those cons, they're very, it's just limit, it's just limited beliefs, right? Oh, the money. I don't know if I want to pay money. I don't know if I want to take the risk. Right. I don't know if I want to lead. I don't know if I want somebody um, to, you know, look at me as like, oh man, like now I'm responsible for that person every Absolutely. day. Right. So uh, there's so many small little limitations that you just got to get through if you really want to build this thing. Right. Did you ever fear like leading somebody else? I mean, cause you well, actually, well, you had a, a huge advantage in, and that's leading a lot of people management in, yeah. in, uh, in corporate America. Yep. Um, but I know it's a it's a common fear amongst a lot of people. It's like how how like damn I, I can't even lead myself. How I didn't even know that was people? a thing until like yeah, I didn't even huge. you actually brought that to my awareness several years ago. 
yeah. that there's people out there that will not build a team just because they're afraid to take on a leadership position. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, not in my world, I didn't know that was a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, because a lot of people are like, man, how am I going to uh, have somebody depending on me to put food on their family's table, right? And that 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 thought alone uh, scares a lot of people. For me, I always felt like I had a uh, man. I, I would I would uh, I would commend sports because it it just taught me to be a leader. So like that leadership was naturally developed through sports for me growing up. Yep. So my first hire, I didn't go through that phase. Um, my, my thing is like, how can I become a better leader? It mm -hmm. wasn't about, Hey, I'm scared to lead. It's like, no, how can I be? But better? see, you're asking the right question. Yeah, and that's the right question. To ask. Yeah. It's like, so, for, and that's where I want to transition to, because it's not, it's not being like the fear shouldn't be, Hey, I'm scared to be a leader or I'm scared to hire or lead other people. I've never led before. Yeah. Like that, that's normal. Right. Like, I don't, I really believe that none of us are born leaders. Um, it's developed. Now, let me repeat what you just said. Right. Yeah. You literally just said, none of us are born leaders. Nobody's born a leader, yeah. you know? It's actually a decision that's made, yep. you know? And that decision is made through faith and courage, in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. It's through faith and courage, right? And we can't sit here. I mean, at one point, we didn't know how to walk as kids. We yep. didn't know how to talk. We didn't know how to write, right? We didn't even know what our name was, you know? These are things that could be learned. And if you actually put the, you know, put the focus, right? If, yep. if you put the focus on, you know what? I'm going to have to lead because I have to grow a company. There's a lot of tools and resources out there. There right? is, yeah. Uh, John C. Maxwell, doesn't he have like 50 uh, leadership ton, books? Yeah, tons of right? leadership books. Some of the best leadership books out there are from John C. Maxwell. You can literally uh, pick up a book called uh, Leadership, and that's a yep. great book for leaders, yeah. right? There's so many different resources and tools out there. You can hire a coach to help you lead, right? You can yep. hire mentors. You can plug into different communities. Absolutely. And then, more importantly, right, you can learn by example. You can look yeah. at other people that are leading their companies. Just look at the way they move. Yep. Look at what they do on a, on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know, huh, okay, well, maybe I should be doing a Monday morning meeting. Maybe I should be holding people accountable, you know? Yeah. So there's yeah, no so, excuse. So the right question is not, hey, or, or the right thought process is not, man, I can't lead or I'm scared to lead. It's, hey, how can I become a better leader? And when you, if you just know the why, you're going to figure out the how. Again, if you know your why on why you're trying to grow this company, then you're just the how is just going to it's going to come and um, and you're going to you're going to get the how in forms of books and resources and mentors. Uh, but it's a journey and I definitely uh, uh, encourage everybody to embrace, you know, just become the, a better leader. It's an invaluable skill. The hardest the hardest part or you know, the hardest task was already made when you decided to build a business. Right. Right. That outweighs the whole fear of leadership by mm -hmm. so much. The fact that you stepped up to the plate, right? Even whether you admit this or not, you're already leading because you stepped up to the plate and you said, you know what? I'm going to build a business. Right. You're already leading. Yep. You're already separate from like the entire herd at that point. You're part of that 3%. So if you made, if you had the faith and the courage in yourself to do that, do not allow the fear of not being able to be a good leader keep you from building a team. Absolutely. Do you think that you improving your leadership skills the last few years has made you a better father? Or Absolutely. I, I think yes. it correlates. It does. It, it, it's it's all it's all connected. Yeah. It's all connected. So is that skill set just useful for real estate? No, no. And like you said, you know, some of the things that really helped me out um, even before corporate America was um, was sports. You know, getting involved with sports and 
just honestly, you know, leaders do whatever needs to be done, you know? Hey, can someone go get that done? You don't look around to see who's going to get it done. Just say, you know what? I'll get it done. You know, that's what leaders do. They step in and they just do whatever needs to be done. And that takes no special skill. Right. It right. Yeah. It's just a decision that has to be made. Absolutely. So uh, our next ta ta uh, talking point. Benefits of a team. Benefits of a team. Well, well where do we start? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll tell you what. These last um these last few weeks I've been going through a sabbatical as they call it kind of like I've been my light my my workload has been very minimal because it seems like every two years you know if, if I don't stay on top of my my tools and my resources right yeah. I seem to kind of just crash a little bit you know right. on the stress side or anxiety side uh, and it's something that I've kind of dealt with my entire life um, and it's funny I asked my mother uh, she came over and we were swimming on Sunday. And I asked her the same thing. I said, mom, do, do you deal with, you know, stress and anxiety? Like, what do you, and she was like, yeah, I've been dealing with them my whole life. So right. more than likely it could be genetic. Right. But nonetheless, I don't have like general, uh, stress and anxiety. I kind of have situational, right. Yeah. Situational. And if it wasn't for the fact that we have a team, man, oh man, I would be in a lot of trouble. Right. Yeah. I was coming into the office, just, just, you know, just barely coming in and like under armor, you know, sweats and, a, and a, you know, and, and just honestly, just just taking my foot off the gas a little bit. Right. But man, you know, having all these leaders in place, other leaders. Right. Yeah. For, in my opinion, you know, in my case, you know, having the Adrian's well, having a great business partner, first and foremost, that helps a lot. Because when he knows, like, if I'm going down, he steps, he up, steps up. Right. Yeah. And same thing with you on, you know, on, on the business that we have together, you yeah. know, and I've seen that. Um, you guys are leading the entire show from the front. Thank God. Um, but if it wasn't for like, you know, the Britney's and the Jaden's and the Adrian's and the John Hutton's and all these people in our company, I would be in a lot of trouble because if I was a solopreneur, I don't have time to deal with, you know, my resets or my setbacks, you know, like you it doesn't matter. Like, you know, food needs to come on the table. So if you're going through any type of stress, anxiety, depression, um, uh, whatever trouble, whatever obstacles life is throwing your way, it doesn't matter. Like the, the, the train keeps going. Right. Yeah. But if you have the luxury of having a solid team, you can take a step back, take a, take a deep mm -hmm. breath, gather yourself, step back yep. in your, into your power and then turn it around a, a lot quicker than you would. You know what I and mean? And it is a luxury because, oh, but it's God. a luxury that, that you made create. the decision to create. You had to create at some point. Yeah. It took years to create that. Yeah, for me, I mean, Matt, I, I don't see myself in business uh, running solo. Even if I Ever. made Ever. double the money. And it doesn't matter. It's myself, not worth it's, it. It's not, it's not it's, worth it. You know, just the, man, just the energy and the connection with the team. And, let, let, and Let's repeat what that. you just said. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much money, right? If I said, hey, uh, Alex, if you're a solopreneur this year, you're going to net $3 million in real estate. Yep. But- you're going to be the unhealthiest that you've ever been. You're going to be the most stressed you've ever been. Yep. You're not going to find any joy in life. No quality of life. No quality of life. You're going to be working 80 hours a week, yep. right? But you're going to net $3 million. As an opposed to us said, hey, Alex, you're going to net $1.3, $1.5 million. But man, all you got to do is show up because you have these amazing people around you that are going to be closing deals, yep. right? They're going to be selling deals. Yep. They're going to be uh, fixing and flipping deals. They're going to be running the entire show. You just have to be there as a leader. Yep. Would you take the three mil or, oh, by the way, and with this 1.3, 1.5 mil net, uh, net for you, 
you also get to live the life you want. Yeah. Come in at the time you want. Yep. Travel whenever you have to, right? Yep. Um, what would you you're, choose? I mean, you're describing my, my life. Um, uh, for me, like just knowing and going through through those hurdles of struggle and stress and anxiety, uh, you know, years back, like I would definitely choose quality of life because that's that's what I feel we are here for to shine our light through. Um, and and with that said, it's like that's one business, right? So it's yep. like if you could do that with one business, have a four hour work week um, or ten hour work week. I don't I don't count the hours I work. Um, but it's it's def it's definitely not um it's it's it, it's more quality than quantity for the real estate side um but that allows me like the situation that Carlos just explained that just allows me to go and sh and uh, execute my genius and other stuff um which which we are doing mm -hmm. um so for me i mean just to answer your questions quality of life because i think a team just allows you such a huge luxury uh, you know, and the, and the greatest feeling is like when you're on the beach in Hawaii, literally me two and weeks ago, and then I'm, I'm looking at the docu sign and I'm just like, oh, cool. And you know what? And I'm looking at the docu sign because it alerts me, but I don't even sign them. Like I just yeah. like, you know, my team signs it, so, but I'm looking at it because I get the alert and it's just, it's just amazing to have that feeling. Um, I, and, I, and you could do more. I mean, from, if you're a solo guy, you, you know, you're, you're capped off to a certain number of deals. And let's say you have a team of five, like. I don't see how you can't three to six X that, you know, easy. Let, let me let me ask you this because yesterday it was kind of a funny subject, right? Do I travel with the laptop? <laughs> no, we talked about this for like thirty. Am I, am I the only guy that yeah. tra that you know that travels? That's a CEO that travels without a laptop. Uh, Who else do you know? No, I mean I I I mean I don't really ask because I assume everybody has one. So it's funny that you was it surprising? One. It was surprising. What did that tell you though? Uh, that everything is is clicking. I mean, the sh I guess the stress of having there's no stress in having to have a laptop. Now, 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 let's go back to 2017. Let's go back to 2017 at the um, what was it called? Uh, the Super Group in yeah. Dallas, Texas. Yeah, you were on your laptop the whole time. I was on my laptop Running the comps. entire time. There's somebody explaining. There's I mean, there's like 30 people in the room explaining million dollar businesses and Carlos is over here running comps. And like, what do you value that task at? That's a $5, Unbelievable. $10 an hour task. Unbelievable, right? And you're doing that. And it was- Th That uh, was the wake up call for me. Yeah, when, thank when you. Every, when the entire room, you and Sal, and the entire room was like, hey man. Joe Taylor, yeah, he, yeah. he brought it up. Yeah, he's yeah. like, hey man, th this isn't, this isn't, you're a CEO. Like, this is not right, remember? Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, you know, like, oh man, but I gotta make these, uh, I gotta make these approvals. My team's waiting on me. Yeah, yeah, my my team's w waiting to send these the, these contracts out, and I gotta give them the green light. Ever since, man, we put the right, you know, systems and 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 in place, the right systems and processes in place, so that I wouldn't have to do that. Do you, you feel know? like that was more of like lack of trust to team? Or? I think it, I think it was both. It was two things. It was yes, it was definitely um, learning how to let go of the vine. That was one. Yep. Um, which was uh, uh, control, a lot of control involved, yeah. right? Because I ran comps like oh yeah, forever. huge control uh, issue, um, and uh, and yeah, I think you know trust and control were you know it's it's correlated, things, yeah, it's yeah. correlated together. So that th th those things were working against me at that time, twenty seventeen. Yeah, I remember that. And after that, like you just start to like track your if you, if like if everybody here is listening and you know you start to track your time on what you're doing on a day to day basis. Um, and you start to put a monetary hourly value on each task, you realize like comping is like a $10 an hour task. Yeah. And for me, like, I'm not going to focus on that. Will I assist with that? You're never too good to not assist with it. 
but you definitely want to delegate that out because as a CEO and business owner, you want to focus on on the big ticket items. I um I haven't ran a comp in a very long time. Um, I haven't spoken to a seller. I mean, I'm talking years. I'm not talking months, right? Haven't ran comps, haven't spoken to sellers, haven't spoken to title uh, agencies, haven't signed off docs. Like I remember, I, I love uh, Terry Summers. You know, he's one of our mentees. Oh, and he love was- Terry Summers. We were at in February. We were in La Jolla, right? And he had like uh, the uh, the notary show up with like thirty different houses he was, was buying. Like porf- yeah, and we're like, why are you signing that stuff? Right? And he, he was doing it more. I mean, he he got it to the house, but you know, you look back and like it it looks cool. But then when you actually do business, like it's not cool because it's taking time away. And again, same situation. We're at a mastermind going over high level business and and he's distracted by signing documents, just like you were distracted by running running comps, comps and not so, being present and yeah. conscious of, you know, the freaking gems that were being spilled. Yeah. So now know? now he he's made the shift not to to sign as many or none at this point. Delegate, delegate, delegate. Right. Um, uh, there's an old saying uh, in order to elevate. You must delegate. You must delegate, yeah. you know. Um, our next talking uh, point is who should you hire first? You know, I just went over this on my 30 days of scaling. And if you don't know what that is, um, if you go over to my YouTube channel, just Alex Signs, I'm doing a 30-day series on growing your real estate business. But I talked about this and, you know, uh, I had Andy on for that episode. And I, I really believe... Uh, you know, my, my advice is your first hire should be a, an acquisition manager. It should be somebody on the sell side helping you talk to more people because ultimately by talking to more people, you're going to be presented with more opportunities, more opportunities, or you're going to get more deals. The more deals, the more revenue, the more revenue, the more marketing. Right? And you can hire more people. And then you can hire more people. Yeah. Right? So um, a lot of, in order, like you got to think big ticket item, right? Like what is a, a, a big money producing activity, right? And and for me, like in real estate, it's it's fairly simple. It's it's marketing. That's a big ticket item. It's talking to sellers. It's closing, and then it's selling the deal, right? And you can add the selling to transact, or you can add transactions to selling the deal. But a big ticket item is uh, close is locking up the deal, talking to sellers, right? So if you can increase your output, then you remove yourself from the acquisitions, then you can focus more on the marketing and then the dispositions. And that's really a process that you can take, but you have to increase the amount of calls that you're making and the amount of people you're talking to in order to grow your business. Like you're not going to get more deals without talking to more sellers. Um, that's my advice. I mean, did you have any other? I agree. Things? I mean, our first successful hire was um, was an acquisition manager. Yeah. Now there's going to be special circumstances out there, right, where your you know, your budget isn't quite there to to make hires, right? Right. And, you know, let's just say, you know, in your situation, at one point, you know, you were doing the cold calling, right? Well, if you're doing the cold calling, then I suggest that you hire a cold caller, right? And then yeah. you become the acquisition manager yeah. at that point. But the fact of the matter is, if you're, if you have the, the, the infrastructure and the, the budget to start building a team, then yeah, an acquisition manager uh, should be the first person that you hire to replace you. Right. Because the one thing that never changes in this business is what? closing deals right right you keep bringing in revenue you can continue to market and you can continue to make other hires like transaction coordinators disposition managers a chief financial officer at one point a coo whatever's needed so um, an acquisition manager first and foremost is going to allow you the luxury of bringing in more revenue yeah and i'm glad you mentioned that because there's two different things right like one it's like okay if i'm going to build a team what i mean by 
first hire is acquisition manager because you need a sales position. But if you're just starting or trying to build, you know, trying to get a few deals, um, you know, our advice is, and it just depends on the budget, right? So if you don't have money to start with, you have to cold call yourself. Yourself. Uh, once you cold call yourself, you know, if you close, you know, when you close a deal, then then you uh, hire, uh, you know, cold callers, uh, or you start delegating out your marketing to a VA uh, to do that. Um, or if you have money, and you're just starting off, then just hire cold callers because that then you can just focus on. Uh, you know, calling the leads that are being generated. And then you can also cold call yourself alongside having cold callers. Let me, let so, me mention something else, by the way. Yeah. If you're going to hire an acquisition manager, try to not hire a, a, a friend or a family member, yeah. right? Um, we got extremely lucky with Adrian, who's still with us, right, several years later. But we've been through a lot of friends, uh, and uh, it's never worked out, like 99% of the time. Um, if you're going to hire an acquisition manager, I strongly encourage you, right, to set aside, set aside a budget of anywhere from 1500 in salary, like monthly salary, to $2,500 as a monthly salary, plus a commission structure, right? 6%, 7%, 8%, I, 10%. I would try to stay away from that. But in some cases, some people have to fork that out early on, right? Um, so two things, salary, commission. Go to places like jobbing.com, uh, ziprecruiter.com, yeah. wisehire.com. That's where you should really try to get some solid salespeople, right? And let's talk about, you know, where you can actually find a good acquisition manager. What kind of industry do they come from? Well, many times people that have been in car sales make really good acquisition managers, right? Do, people yeah. that have been door-to-door -door salesmen, right? Whether they're selling vacuum cleaners, solar, right? Pest control, whatever. I mean, they make really good uh, acquisition managers. So again, just wanted to give those few tips out there. And when it comes to hiring cold callers, I just want to um, uh, encourage everybody to look into callgeeks.com. I personally have 30 agents with callgeeks, yep. callgeeks.com. Um, it's a pretty much, it's a business in a box. You know, you never have to train these people. You just give them the list and they take care of everything else for you. Okay. Right. So just wanted to give those two resources out there for anybody that's listening, whether you're starting or you're ready to start building. Yeah. Our students are crushing. I help a lot of our students with like the data stuff and yeah. they're always saying, Hey, call geeks is crushing. Uh, we need more data. And then that's where I come and help them. Beautiful. Um, beautiful. Let's talk about the departments of a team, right? Like, where, like what in a, in a wholesale and a real estate acquisition company structure like what does that look like um do you, have, you actually broke you you broke you break them down pretty well yeah you, like, you have four different departments yeah that you, like you, yeah. like do you like and yeah I'll, I'll go and then you chime in um but you have to you have to get clarity on what who's who and, and what's what because if if you have your acquisition manager doing disposition as well it it creates um it creates a, a lackluster process because now like they're either they're going to be too busy trying to sell deals and trying to do that and then they're going to neglect the acquisition side so what i'm trying to make the point i'm trying to make here is when you hire somebody you have to appoint them to a specific department to a dis, uh, to a specific task that way they can focus 100 percent of their energy on that specific can i make thing. a suggestion of, of for people out there um if they haven't read traction right yeah. um please read a book called traction by gina wickman I actually like it more than Rocket Fuel. I'm halfway through Rocket Fuel. I, I just like traction. I like the right. simplicity uh, of traction. And if you're wondering, well, Carlos, why should I read this book called Traction? Well, traction is going to pretty much break down 
the roles and responsibilities of the potential employees or the the personnel that you have in your organization now where they're going to shine in like where their zone of genius is going to be is going to make an impact and be effective so that's why i recommend that you read the book called traction before you start you know uh putting people in different departments and in different roles if yeah. that makes sense yeah that's a, that's a good uh task for everybody to to read um but yeah, so okay, so the four departments, like you have your you have your marketing, right? Like what are you know some of the tasks in marketing is, I mean, actually let's rewind. So okay, you have marketing. Its core objective is to produce leads. Mm-hmm. Like that is the goal. Whatever you do, the outcome is produce leads. So if you're just if the decision is hey, I have to produce leads, and the outcome is a lead, whatever you have to do in the middle, you got to do it right. Whether that's banded signs, cold calling, SMS, door knocking. PPC, direct mail, yeah. I I don't know, uh, sign on, you know, dancing sign on the corner of the street, like whatever it is, the goal is to produce leads. So that's one department, the marketing department. Two, you have your acquisition department. The goal here is to get contracts, to get deals under contract, uh, to get a good discounted deal, right? Uh, I can say it a million ways. The goal is just to get a deal. Um, So They're they're the hunters. Yeah, they're the hunters, right? So with your acquisition uh, department, whatever you have to do in the middle, like just know the outcome should be um, to get deals, right? So that's going to be talking to sellers. That's going to be uh, sales meetings. That's going to be uh, recording your calls and, and, and reviewing them. It's a bunch of different tasks. But again, the objective is just to close deals. You have your dispositions objective there to sell deals, right? This is talking to buyers, building up your buyers list, seeing who's paying the most in the neighborhood, uh, cultivating relationships. But then again, the objective the, the sole focus is just to sell deals. And then you have your operations. And I would say the goal for this, uh, for the operations, which includes like all the tracking, bank accounts, all the legal stuff, um, just organizing admin. the business, admin, administration. Mostly uh, your COO and your CFO are yeah. in that department, yeah. correct? And uh, this is the stuff that a lot of people don't like. But uh, again, the core objective for this and the, the entire purpose on doing all that is to run an, uh, an efficient business, right? To to maximize profits and run a lean uh, a, a well-oiled machine yeah yeah so those are the departments <clears throat> so as you're delegating you're going from solo to team you know you just know you got to start appointing and anointing leaders in that in, in those uh in those buckets um uh because right now you're putting let's say let's just say you're putting 25 percent into each bucket um that is not going to compare to somebody's 100 percent. absolutely right? so if you have a if you have somebody on the acquisition side department putting 100% of their time you're 25% to their 100% like it doesn't even it doesn't even compare and then you multiply that by a year two years three years five years like us um you know Andy's way better at running that department than myself because I was only given it 25% yeah so um just some points I wanted to make absolutely um man I I wish we can see the Q&A's but I don't think we we can uh, unless you get on your phone um, I, didn't, I didn't find it. I Guys, uh, I have I have an, an, an announcement. So um, we have an event November 13th and 14th here in Scottsdale in Phoenix, Arizona. And it's it's one of, we're actually, this is the first time we ever do one. So it's a hybrid event. And what we're doing is we're, it's, it's, a, it's a virtual event for the event, but we're allowing 30 people to join us here in our studio where we're sitting at now uh, to watch live, right? And it's a VIP experience. There's 30 people and the the show the the education will be broadcasted virtually mm-hmm. um but the 30 people uh, are going to be joining us here for for actually three days uh first day is the vip office visit 
where we go through every department just like we did and you get to talk to our leaders right so if you're trying to know more about dispositions or operations or admin uh, you're going to be able to talk to the people that run it for us um, and then the the second day is day one of of all in momentum which is uh an entire day on marketing and going through every single part of the business and then day three is uh company day right and this is building a team building a company you know we tell you what uh you know what we're paying our people how we're structuring um our teams the roles and, and, responsibilities you know, how, we're, how we're yeah how we're how we run our, our fix and flip operations and our asset department and all of these amazing things that allow us to ultimately uh, run uh, successful businesses. So if this is something you're interested in, just go to attendmomentum.com, attendmomentum.com, and just check out more information. But I did want to plug that in. Yeah, let, let me let me add to yeah. that. Um, again, guys, this is more of a workshop. This isn't your, like, you know, fluff type of event, like rah-rah. This is literally you for a few days sitting down and getting the blueprint on how to actually pretty much what we talked about today, how to yeah. build and scale an organization. Right. So... Um, if it's something that, you know, you feel like, man, uh, I should make the investment in that because that's what I want to do. Or if you're already kind of building a company and you feel like there's, there's room for improvement and you want to see what we're doing, well, you know, sign up too, you know, yeah. there's always room for improvement. So, um, that's coming November, um, uh, 13th and 14th. Yep. And again, we have a hundred virtual seats and then we have 30 VIP seats, which those folks are going to come in here hang out with us in the office for several days, uh, dinners, lunches with us. Um, and, uh, and it should be a great time for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're interested, just go to um, attendmomentum.com. Or if you have a question, just reach out to any of us or our team. and We'll gladly answer that for you. But um, I also want to say this is, you know, we're going to be having guests for season two of the All In mm -hmm. podcast. Um, but we wanted to just make it super educational, right? We want you guys to leave away with with actual nuggets and, and tools and, and resources to actually take away and implement. And I think we did this, I mean, I'm, I'm a little biased, but the process and what we talked about today should give you guys some clarity on making that transition and ultimately scaling up your, scaling up your life and your business uh, by going from solo to a team. So for episodes like this, it's like straight educational. You could tell we didn't really talk about any of the other personal stuff as much, mm -hmm. but I just wanna give the audience uh, just Real, real stuff to take away. So absolutely, uh, I'm excited for more of these. And then we do have some special guests coming up the next few weeks. So make sure that you guys like uh, the podcast. Comment down below. Go subscribe and rate it. Yeah, let's um, get the momentum coming. Yeah, back, we're right? building back up. Season one was insane. Like, yeah, it, I mean it was it got so much feedback from season. Yeah, and one. so many lives were changed, and yeah. you guys are going to be hearing those stories firsthand, right? Like we can talk and just say, hey, um, you know, we changed a bunch of lives with. Uh, the All In Podcast Season 1. Um, but I'd really, I'd rather have the people that actually went through it tell we're, their story. We're going to bring them here. A lot of our mentees that are seven-figure producers, I mean, they're going to be guests on this show uh, in the upcoming months. Yeah, That's so, going to be fun. So I'm excited for that. But guys, another week, another episode. We'll see you guys next Wednesday. Let's go. Peace.